Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to DNF. That is correct. This is Metal Art Media's Formula One podcast. I am Spencer Hall. Joining me, and I'm going to get the point right the first time. Oh! <laughs> nailed it. Uh, nailed it. Is Jessica Smetana. Um, I want to first all say that this is not a good thing that we are this prepared and this on it this morning. No. Because usually what happens after a race where a lot of things go on, where we have a lot of things to talk about. Jessica, how long does it take us to get from the couch to the computer to talk about it? Well, usually I'm really excited to watch the interviews after the race and the podium celebration and hear what some of the race leaders' thoughts were on how the race went, hear, mm-hmm. hear what Crofty has to say. And then oh, yeah. I, g- I gather my notes, you know, I, I search the interwebs for for points and tips and ideas and stats and things. And then I, I gather myself and I, I come on screen with you, Spencer, and we, we chatted up a little bit for 40 minutes. But that's not what happened today. No, not much happened today. No. Is the honest truth of things after the first lap. It was pretty much done. Mons is a pretty fast track. Races get done pretty quickly there. They get done super quickly when you're Max Verstappen. They get done a little bit faster than everybody else. We had the potential for great amusement and chaos with a starting grid, completely insane starting grid alignment thanks to numerous engine penalties for replacing parts that people had to take you know for example hamilton starting way back in the pack due to replacing parts uh verstappen starting back in the pack uh carlos Sainz starting back in the pack a complete reshuffle that promised something like an interesting race that's not what happened no because max verstappen had a good start and that was all he needed max verstappen took a grid penalty started in seventh although if you watched qualifying yesterday you would have not known that until like four hours after it ended because the the FIA didn't even know when Max Verstappen was going to start. That was like, well, like one of my favorite things, Spencer, about like becoming a Formula One fan recently is being like, I, I really don't get how this works. I don't understand these rules. Like, I'm not sure what's going on. And then you realize that the people who run the sport don't even know either. So you kind of get to learn with them. It's very exciting. But Max ended up starting in seventh and got a good start. And that was all he needed because he won the race again. Again, again. And, and by the way, full credit awarded. Yes, very good. Review the dominance of the 2022 season so far for Max Verstappen. This will be me reading out a number, a series of numbers and letters. You ready? Here we go. DNF, one, DNF, one, 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 three, <laughs> one, one, 
seven, two, and then the last four races prior to this, one, 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 one. Now you can throw on one. That's how dominant he's been. We're looking at one of the greatest Formula One seasons of all time by a single driver, and no one's going to touch him. No one. Well, the safety car almost did at the end of the race. So can we complain about that for a few minutes? Because there was a chance, Spencer, towards the end of this, we were going to get some excitement, maybe a red flag and a and a restart like we saw like at the end of last season. But instead, we ended under the safety car to the one of the most anticlimactic ways you could end a race. Did you think that the race should have restarted? Did you think they should have called a red flag to give us some some juice at the end of this or was this kind of the right finish for it i don't think after abu dhabi you will ever see f1 do something for the (laughs) juice ever again (laughs) i I think that's out i think that they're going to follow the strictest and most conservative interpretation of the rules which in this case would be yes go ahead finish it under a flag f1 will on the whole now try to avoid drama uh, particularly when I think, reasonably speaking, they could have said, well, look, the race field as it was, even if we didn't follow the rules, eh, Max Verstappen was probably going to win anyway. That's not 100% true, verified, or guaranteed. However, what they did, because they're going to be letter of the law, super tight. They don't ever want to have something where we know the race director's name ever again. That's you know it's like knowing the referee's name in any other sport. Yeah, you you don't really want to be instantly familiar with. Ah, oh, that's race director Michael Massey, who I know because everyone talks about how he screwed up. Nobody wants that for the sport. That to me is like that's a core issue. That's a legitimacy issue that F one already struggles with at times due to yes the arcane rule book and yes the sometimes haphazard application of those rules. If they get a chance to put the hammer down on actually having a rule book. And, a, and a, you know, a way to do this, they're going to do it. Yeah. And you, like you said, you don't want to know the referee or the race director's name unless they're Ed Hockley and it's just because they're super jacked. So that is that is correct. Circumstance. I, I did enjoy watching the Italian marshals just kind of standing around Daniel Ricardo's car because they like couldn't get it in gear to scoot it off the track at the end. So they were all kind of mm-hmm. hanging out. I, it looked like there, you know, might have been some espresso being sipped on. It was quite enjoyable to to watch that go down. But yeah, it was just I, I totally agree with you. I think that Formula One is not going to make the same mistake twice. Although mm-hmm. if there's going to be a time to do it, it would be in front of the Italian fans while, you know, the Italian driver is in second place. Just to give it, as Crofty <laughs> called it, a grandstand finish. There were times in this race, Spencer, where David Croft sounded bored. He was yeah. just very low energy midway through this thing because there was just nothing going on. But yeah, unfortunately, well, fortunately, if you're a Red Bull Max Verstappen fan, there was no drama at the end. But the Italian fans, I think, probably are left wanting a little bit more. If you are a Max Verstappen fan, you definitely have a little extra juice going into your rec league basketball match against eight-year-olds <laughs> today, right? <laughs> like when, when you do when you do all of the things I imagine Max Verstappen fans do, right? Fishing with dynamite. <laughs> playing basketball, playing basketball against elementary schoolers and celebrating it, you know, running old ladies off the road in your car. Like I just imagine Max Verstappen fans is nothing but pure sociopaths. <laughs> nothing, because you know, nothing against Max. It's fine. That's what he is. He's a shark, right? I just don't know why you'd sign up for that life. There's so I... many other fun things to be in F1 other than I root for the guy whose eyes are a cold black hole of pure competitive hunger. 
Hi. So do we have any any critiques to make on the Ferrari strategy today? They went for a, a two-stopper for Leclerc. Um, yeah. you know, he obviously was in the lead to start the race and just didn't really have the faster car. So there wasn't a whole lot they could do to stave off Max Verstappen, but they tried. Uh, they tried by pitting him twice, giving him a chance to catch up towards the end. He wasn't able to on soft tires, but do we, do we fault them for that, or was were they more buttoned up this weekend? I will go ahead and say this. Let's go ahead. Let's pat Ferrari on the back. Okay. Let's do this, okay, under mixed circumstances against a car that was straight-line much faster in the form of Max Verstappen's Red Bull. Ferrari managed things pretty well. I want to go ahead and damn with faint praise and say, good job, Ferrari. Your decisions. <laughs> Your decisions at one point, at one point, remember, we heard the announcers on this broadcast say a sensible decision by Ferrari. Sensible. And that is a major compliment coming from the British. They love sensible things. Yeah. That might be the nicest thing a British person can say about you. You are sensible. Solid pair of stain proof slack. (laughs) That's what Ferrari was today. Okay. Uh... Ferrari was. Uh, a caffeine-free soda at 3:30 p.m. Right? That's that's what we're talking about. This was this was sleepy time tea, Ferrari, and not that it was, I think, indicative of their overall character as a race team. But we even heard Mattia Bonotto, who famously put the famously asked the drivers for, you know, oh hey, do you want to do Plan C or Plan D? And we got all over Ferrari's ass for this. You'll notice mm-hmm. they had a very smooth little conversation about what plan they would do. And the announcers were like, well, that's just another piece of information. That's what he told us. It's fine, right? So we got to act like Ferrari was normal today, which I think, you know, hey, great holiday for y'all at, at, you know, Ferrari's home track. Well, I I did notice during this race that the the radio messages between Ferrari and their drivers and Red Bull and Max Verstappen tend to be much different. Like Max, Max is getting like very direct yes, no, okay, got it answers and like the Ferrari race control is kind of just like, well, I think we're going to do this. How does that sound? And Leclerc's like, okay, like that sounds all right. And they're kind of just like having a nice little convo. Did you notice that at all? Oh yeah. 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 Just a little chat. Just chatting. A pleasant little chat. I did also enjoy that. Like the first race strategy was plan D. How does that, how does that work? (laughs) Because you go from D to C to A and it seems like that's the wrong order, but who am I to judge? Yeah, they do. Uh, I enjoy that Ferrari defies all logic by doing that. Sometimes this is just a this is just a race team thing where they just decide they're going to do things this way and it's different. It doesn't make sense, you know, especially if you're dealing with, um, I don't know, Ferrari. You're dealing with, you know, a team as occasionally eccentric as Ferrari. I did notice something, by the way, about different race teams. Um, I enjoy that I think Christian Horner collects his uh, pit and technical people like he's casting a heist movie. Look around. <laughs> they do. They do, right? Like you can look at it and be like weapons expert. Mm. <laughs> you know, like they're all It's like they're Ocean's little... 11. Right, right, Everyone's right. Everyone's got like, a role, yeah. I'm convinced that in his mind Christian Horner thinks he's in a Guy Ritchie film and that he's the <laughs> protagonist and he's assembling all of these people. If you look at Ferrari, you know, you, you look at Mercedes, um, you know, there's a sort of uniformity about everybody. Red Bull Christian's collecting characters, you know, and having this little fantasy world playing in his own head. And in real life, he gets to go, and then I go home to a Spice Girl and ride a horse on my beautiful ranch because I'm also a family man. And I'm like, 
I really can't argue that you're not living in a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> my I goats can't. need me. Right, right, right. There was only two things that mattered to me, family and my goats. You know? and, <laughs> well, the goats are his family. Yeah, I, I can't argue with it. That's his life. Should should we talk about the rest of the field a little bit? I mean, there was, like you said, it was a not a whole lot going on this weekend in terms of racing. I, you know, Lewis Hamilton overcame a uh, a 19th place start because of a grid penalty, a back of the grid penalty, and finished in fifth. So I guess that does prove Fernando Alonso wrong in his radio message last week, which is that Lewis only knows how to drive when he's starting in first. He, he had a pretty good race, finished with some points. Not that it matters. Nothing matters. Eat at Arby's. The, I think this the is, most... I, I, I'm enjoying nihilist Jess here, by the way. Uh, sports... Why do we even watch sports? If you think about it, <laughs> these things are meaningless. There is nothing going on here that is worth paying attention to. Jessica is currently going through the nadir of my college football team lost. My F1 race was boring. Right, And the, and the Steelers are about to play the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yay, though I walk through the valley <laughs> of death. Uh, I fear no evil. But anywho, Williams, we should talk about the driver of the day. Nick DeVries, who was filling in for really Alex should. Albon, who had appendicitis, which, yeah, that sounds that sounds not great. I don't know what you do when you're a Formula One driver who gets appendicitis while you're, like, you know, racing in Italy, but hopefully he's going to be all right. So DeVries practiced with Aston Martin on Friday and then qualified in a different car with Williams on Saturday and then yeah. raced on Sunday in the Williams car, finished in ninth place. He got points. He was voted the driver of the day. He looked really really good he was overtaking some like he had a he had a pretty good race i think spencer so what do you have to say about nick devries well i'm gonna make a controversial call because i know that we spend a lot of time in the show determining who the best lad is and mm -hmm. for many episodes in a row we determined that the best lad was george russell george russell week in and week out has been the best lad however George Russell, of course, has gone into dark George territory. Mm. He has uh, started to go out for his own. No shame in that, right? But it's definitely not necessarily the team player, lat, best lad profile that we've embraced and described to him. Or described to him. I, um, oh, the love language of the Dutch people is techno music. That's right. And I want to go ahead and say that the best lad has to be one coming from the Netherlands himself. That's right. Get your glow sticks out. Nick DeVries. <laughs> doing it for the low country, baby. He's the lad of the week. I don't know what lad is in Dutch. It's probably lewd. <laughs> the lad of the week has to go to Nick DeVries for coming in cold. Cold on all of this. And somehow pulling off night for Williams. We, we don't say that enough, by the way, right? Williams. Oh, and how did how did Nicholas Latifi do today? That might be an interesting thing to look up. I'm not going to look it up, but someone might want to look into that. I think Lad in Dutch is just Lad, but with like two dots over the A or like two two A's or something. This is yeah. a dumb American person's uh, interpretation of the Dutch language. It's just English backwards. That's really <laughs> the best way. To, that's really the best way to do to do Dutch. Is just to imagine that, and also take all of the a all of the O's and make them double. Just go oot. Instead, so instead of Sandfort, you get Zandvoort. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So Latifi finished in fifteenth, uh, and Nick Devries, the first 
first race in the Williams finishes in ninth in the points. So he is Spencer's lad of the day. Congratulations yes. to to Bruce. a thump to a thumping techno beat. Also yes. named after a college in the United States. So good job on him. Yeah, I, I think at this point too, I want to go ahead and state that we kind of over. We kind of skated over the fact that this is, of course, and I think one of F1's best destinations. That would be the nation of Italy and Monza in particular. So I want to just celebrate our host a little bit by giving you a quiz. We're just going to go ahead and, and rank some unusual Italian words. Okay? Oh, I All love right? the quiz. Okay. Okay. You just tell me which ones that you, you like the most. Mm -hmm. All right. And do they sound like what they mean? I'm going to ask you, what do you think this means? Pelandrone. Pelandrone. It sounds like a shape. A shape? Okay. That's good. Um, you're wrong. But, mm. you know, you were going to be wrong. You don't mm -hmm. speak Italian. I do Neither not. do I. That's why I had to look it up. Uh, pelandrone means loafer, idler, oh. lazy bum. All right? <laughs> oh, I was thinking like a shoe loafer, which is a very sensible shoe uh, yeah. in the UK. But, uh, okay, you're so lazy. Pa palindrone. Say that again, please. Pelan pelandrone. The Ferrari uh, mechanic who forgot Carlos Sainz's left rear tire last weekend might be called that. Yes. They okay. have many, by the way, they have many words for lazy layabout <laughs> or, or my favorite couch potato, Oh, right? which the way that you say like couch potato or house body in Italian is pantofolio. Oh. Literally means the thing that wears slippers. Like oh. the slipper wear, right? Okay. I mean, you're just hanging out in your house shoes all day. My Italian Grammy just called me and my sister pig asses when she wanted to <laughs> demonstrate how lazy we were. And I was, as a five-year-old, I was always like, huh, wow, that's mean. But I guess this word wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have understood it as much. So Gra Granny's just throwing pig ass at you. Yeah. That's amazing. Grammy, she grew up in the old world. She she didn't think children were uh, an age group. So, yeah, like you should be. You sh you're you're seven. You should be working. Right. <laughs> uh, just a couple more for you. Brontolone. Brontolone. That sounds like a pasta. You know, that's a really really good guess. It's also wrong. Huh. Uh, it means uh, grouchy or oh. grumpy. Right. Well, like my Grammy. Yeah. Yeah, like, non fare il brontolone. Don't be grouchy, okay? Mm. And then my favorite, my favorite is this. Pafuto. Pafuto. That's definitely something you eat on Christmas Eve. It has raisins and nuts in it. You're on the you're on the right track. It, oh. means, chub, it means chubby. Oh, chubby. that's cute. But, but in like a cute way, right? Right? You would be like, ah, pafuto. Like a, yeah. like a, a dog, like a cute dog or cat. Right. That reminds me of one of my favorite Afrikaans words, which I'm told means pot belly, poopins. <laughs> I hope that that's is, correct because I have that, never verified it on the internet. That is exactly the way it sounds, right? <laughs> like, like that is that is one of those words that is exactly what yes. it should be, right? Yes. So let's go ahead just before we completely sunset a, a mostly forgettable, <laughs> a mostly forgettable Monza, okay. Um, <sighs> I would like to go ahead and salute, among other people, Fernando Alonso for still being the most truculent uh, middle-aged man in the world. <laughs> 
just just an aggro, nasty, cranky driver. Everything you want in a driver, right? <laughs> Truculent sounds like a word that an Italian F1 podcast would be like, what do you think these American insults mean? Truculent. <laughs> yeah. Brontolone. <laughs> Brontolone is a good word for Fernando Alonso, right? Except when you try to complain back, he goes to a yacht in the middle of the Mediterranean as mm. incommunicado. Also, like, it's wild that we had the grid that we had and we ended up with a finish that looks, yeah, you know, with the exception of DeVries and Joe, mostly like what we get every week. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty the new much. era of Formula One cars are here, Spencer. It is. We've, we've mechanically the, guaranteed competition. And Yes. And the teams that are good at making cars are still making good cars. Yeah. Still making good cars and still making a an almost unreasonably competitive car when it comes to Max Verstappen. Unreasonably competitive is a great way to describe five wins in a row. Ugh. Five. That's just, y'all, that's unreal. Uh, what do we have coming up next on the schedule? I believe we have Singapore. Not until a, a nice little three-week break. It's almost as if Formula One knew after the sports weekend I would need a little three-week break from waking up early on Sunday mornings and then watching Red Zone for eight hours straight. But we have Singapore on uh, Sunday, October 2nd, and then we have the Japanese Grand Prix. And then, Spencer, we're back in the USA on October 23rd in Austin for the U.S. Grand Prix. Yes, I believe I will be there. I believe. Ooh. Yes. I, those It hasn't been locked in yet, but... I should be at Austin. I will not be in Singapore. If you want to know, <laughs> by the way, if you're, jade, if you're jaded about how big the world is, just know that F1, even F1, who will put everything on a 747 and throw it across the world, you know, at a minute's notice. Even F1 is like, yes, we need three weeks to get to Singapore. <laughs> It is on the other side of the world. It is a logistical and nightmare. Because of the cost cap, I think Red Bull is going to have to be flying their car there commercial. Isn't that what they said earlier this year? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, hate, I hate to see how that one ends up for them. They were they were definitely crying poor a few months ago, and then I haven't heard much about it since. Yeah, yeah. We found some money, mysteriously. <laughs> that's, that, that's my favorite. It's that, ha, if one's finances are opaque, you don't say. Don't say I, I was trying to look up the time for this the singapore grand prix i believe it is, it's 8 a.m local time mm. so if that is a 12 i believe we're looking at like an 8 p.m or a 9 p.m start here depending i can't remember whether it's tokyo time or whether it's one zone over for singapore I'm pretty sure it's one zone over so it'll be like i don't know i think 9 p.m we'll Maybe, be, ba no, we'll be battling sunday night football for american eyeballs but i i believe in us spencer hey listen I am ready for some football. And by football, I mean Formula One. That's what that's the way we're going to advertise it when we get down to this. But, you know, it, uh, and uh, but, you know, stay, stay hype for Austin is what I'm saying. Stay yes. hype. Singapore might get lost in the wash. We'll talk about it anyway. But stay hype for Austin. Spencer, are, are we going to be staying up till 4 a.m. to do a show after Japan? Because I, I feel like we should just give the heads up now that that is no. probably unlikely. No, 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 it's not happening. By the way, <laughs> it's not. We maybe we should do this. Maybe we should tape a show where mm -hmm. we talk about how great Max Verstappen yes, is. Yes, that's a good idea. And how he dominated Japan and just have it in the can. And one right. and right. And then we can also talk about how Alonso and Ocon were in a, a tough battle for eighth, maybe. Yep. Um George Russell had a really solid finish in fourth, just yeah. off the podium. 
Checo, what happened to him? He had some issues, but strong finish. What, what else can we predict for the Japanese Grand Prix? You know what? Let, let's go out of pocket here. Let's just go Nick DeVries P3. Nick DeVries P3. Like, what if... <laughs> What if Albon what, doesn't come back? Oh God, I hope that doesn't no. happen. <laughs> what what if what if the what if the great streaking meteor of this season is just they're like, yes, we're all in on Nick DeVries. Go. And Nick DeVries just becomes the only person who can remotely put pressure on him. <laughs> right. We do have a question to answer before we uh dip out of here. When Albon comes back, can DeVries and Albon relegate Latifi to a backup driver? Uh they would probably need to ask Latifi's family for permission. Yeah, they'd have to ask dad. Yeah. You're gonna have to ask. Uh, you're gonna have to ask everyone behind the scenes about that, right? Is uh, m- my suspicion is no. Uh, is Verstappen <laughs> is Verstappen a robot from Westworld? Hmm. Mm. No, because eventually they run out of batteries. Mm. Do they? Yeah. I don't. Did those robots have batteries? This gets into my favorite science fiction conundrum, Jess, which is asking about details and questions like. Some people want to know everything about the world, right? Like, ooh, I want to know more about the lore, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, never. If you have a zombie movie, don't tell me about the zombie. People I- are like, what's, <laughs> what's behind Max Verstappen's eyes? What's he really like? I don't ever want to read another profile on Max Verstappen. All right, let me assume <laughs> he's an unstoppable killing machine with no other interest. I thought you were going to say your favorite science fiction conundrum, deciphering what the hell is happening in Westworld which I think I would have a better chance of engineering a Formula One car with pen and paper than telling you what is happening in season two and three of that show. However, oh, yeah. yeah, I he he does definitely drive like a robot in that he very rarely makes mistakes. And when things do go wrong, they're mechanical issues. Yeah, 100%. It's not his fault. It's not yes. his fault because if the car's perfect, Max will be perfect. That's where he's at right now. It's like real... Michael Schumacher senior hours, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, it's it's ruthless and efficient at the moment. Doug has uh, chimed in and corrected us that Singapore will be at 8 a.m. So you will have oh. the, the always the always jarring contrast of waking up with your morning coffee to see a blazing night track in Singapore, <laughs> which to be fair is one of the coolest sights in F1. I, yeah. I think the, the way Singapore looks is really cool. The way it races, TBD. And it's happening in the future, which is very cool for us. Yes. <laughs> what kind of future? I'm so glad you asked about <laughs> another one of F1's ticklish political entanglements. Uh, I meant because of the time zones. Did we yeah. see Daniel Ricardo's neck tattoo of Baby Lando, by the way, Spencer? And did we mm-hmm. think that it should become permanent? Yeah, put it on there. He'll do it too. He'll do it for like five. <laughs> he'll do it for like five bucks. Right? He'll make Zach you- Brown do it. But yeah, no, <laughs> like like a jackass, right? Like in a car, <laughs> in a moving car, he'll have it tatted up. Yeah, uh, he should he should do it one hundred percent. One one bit of news before we sign out for the day because we are almost out of time. Porsche and Red Bull not happening. What do you think? When I I know behind the scenes, Porsche wanted to buy a ownership stake in Red Bull, and Red Bull essentially were like. That's not going to happen. We're really happy with how rich we are individually and as a team. So mm-hmm. we're not going to give you any of this. Um, so that blew up. What do, what do we make of all of this? That uh, cool ideas often die when they meet the bank account. Mm-hmm. That's really what this happens. When Good the numbers away. don't work. Yeah, when the numbers don't work and when I have to give less money for that cool thing, overall people will continue to make the money. And that's where Red Bull and Porsche are at. Like college football. You know, hey, that's a great idea. I'm so glad you guys wanted to be a part of this. 
but my these are my monies and yeah. if my monies go here and things get cooler i need compensation to here yeah i might have to sell one of my goats i might listen i only care about three things in this world right my race team that is also a heist team right secretly mm -hmm. a heist team because yes. that's what christian horner and red bull have secret heist team and my uh family and my goats that's it those are the only three things i care about and my 1.2 million dollar sports car that i have seven of <laughs> i also care about that that i do yacht. not drive because it rains every day in milton keys where i live Correct. yes um, and and but i look cover, at it in the garage yeah and the engine cover is not waterproof i paid 1.2 million dollars <laughs> for it and the engine cover is not and my yacht and my what you don't oh, understand yeah. is that i'm a man of many responsibilities jessica and if porsche wants to diminish my share in a lucrative racing team I'm going to have to say no. Mm, I agree with you. It seems like things are going well for Red Bull. They're riding high right now. Why screw it up in five years? Just keep collecting all that money yourselves. Yep. Well, we will see you. We will see you on the other side of the world, so to speak, for the Singapore Grand Prix in three weeks. Thank you for joining us for another episode of DNF. Jess, you got anything else before we send these people down to pit lane? Last question. What do y'all do during one of the more boring races? What do I always do? Watch TikTok and scroll TweetDeck. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's what I do. Gets a little slow. We're going to go catch some fish. Just like Christian Horner. That's correct. I only care about three <laughs> things in this world. My imaginary Nintendo Island, my goats, and my race team that also does heists and crime. Yes. Well, we'll see you all in three weeks. All right. Later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.